Doll ring. No, de ring. Da ring. Da. Da ring. As like the in Spanish. But de. but you can also say da ring. D a. No. As in the that people say duh. No. Duh. That da ring. Da ring. Da rings sounds better than da ring. Welcome to This Week in MTG with your hosts, Matt, Danny, Anthony, and Big G. Hello and welcome, Magic Folk, to episode 205 of This Week in MTG, your aggregate news podcast for all things Magic the Gathering. We're your hosts, I'm Matt, there we got Danny. Fucked up. Discord link. How did it not work? You can put a space. That's a good thing we can start over again. That's Anthony. Just Anthony. God damn it. You're the one that wrecked the flow with if you say that. God damn it. They could copy paste that. They copy paste it. If, but if, if, most those... people are on their phone that are kind of copy paste a link and then delete out five five things. They'd just rather click on a link and just automatically be sent there. Hey, we we are learning in the process. To those listening right now, what's happening? Matt we're, sucks at technology. We're struggling at Nightbot. Matt's struggling with Nightbot. There you go. I was gonna say I'm over here just waiting to do my part. I don't have a computer in front of me to fiddle with and do stuff. And we're glad that you decided to join us, everybody. <laughs> oh, God. Also, no Garrett. Yeah, no but, Garrett. No Garrett. But in a couple he, weeks. He'll be back maybe next week or the week no, after? Week whatever. after. Week after? Week after. Even better. Because yeah, next week he has parent-teacher conferences. T. Ah, great. He's a teacher. He's got to do those things. Indeed. I don't. I'm glad. So he'll be here soon. So those of you, uh, <laughs> Garrett stands, hold your breath a little longer. It's almost time. He's coming back. Giggity. We'd like to take a moment at the top of this episode to extend a heartfelt thank you to all of you. Yes, you, dear listeners. Your unwavering support and enthusiasm for this show is truly inspiring to us. We are grateful for the opportunity to bring you the latest updates, insights, and discussion from the worlds of magic each week. Your engagement and passion drive us to continue delivering top-notch content. Here's to many more episodes of shared excitement and community in the realm of Magic the Gathering. Furthermore, we'd like to express our deep appreciation to the Patreons of the podcast. Their generous contributions directly contribute to the success and continued growth of the show. Their commitment allows us to maintain the quality. Are you guys typing things in? Is that why it was changing there? <laughs> that, that'd be Danny. That's okay. not me. That's why I had a little brain fart there. I'm like, it moved. Oh, I thought you had aneurysm. I thought, I thought that was going on over there. One of the same. <laughs> Explore new avenues and enhance the podcast experience and pay for the packs and cards of the monthly giveaways. Their support isn't just financial. It's a testament to the strong bond that unites us as fellow MTG enthusiasts. Thank you for being an integral part of the podcasting journey. So big, huge thank you to Wade97, Amu the Fox, Noah, Slade, Nikki, No Modifier, Jacob, Christian, Maddie, Kay, Barra, Chimera. Go check out Chimera. They just redid their store up in Thief River Falls. Woo! Uh, KCB, Taylor M, Ricky R, Chris O, Coco Co, Coco, just Coco, not Coco Co. 
obligatory, check out the Aquarium Guys podcast with that one. Chapman, Ranger Dan, and Crazy Mage. If you are entertained or by or enjoy the content we are producing, you don't have to be a Patreon to support us. Go into the podcasting app that you're using right now to rate and review us. Helps us tremendously because those forms of interaction elevate us on the recommendation charts for other Magic players to find. But easily, my favorite way, I don't know about you guys, but my favorite way, it's just by word of mouth, by telling your friends, family, your LGS rival about us. Hell yeah. That's all you got to do. And you, join the Discord. Join the Discord. It's free. It's it's free. It's free fitty. Free fitty? Free fitty. I like that. Yeah, free fitty. Free join fitty. it. We talk magic. We talk beer. Uh, Parenting. We talk everything. Yes. We literally talk about everything we're, on there. We're a community. I just added a sports tab. As well, oh. because you know, you'll never see me in there. Because uh, Nomad loves uh, loves football, and Christian loves baseball. Oh, I forgot to ask him how he felt about the Blue Jays losing to the Twins the other week. Oh, he's a big Blue Jays fan, and well. probably felt a little smarted by the fact that uh, probably the Twins, the Twins, who was on a losing streak since two thousand seven, I think was that four, four, even yeah. worse. A losing streak since 2000. That's almost 20 well, fucking years. It's more of they can't get past the first round since yeah. then. That shtick. That's still a losing, though. Yes. Losing yeah. streak. In so, that sense. Yeah. But, yeah. So, like I said, I'll never be there. Join the Discord. <laughs> I'll be the other stuff, but I won't be the sports part. Now, we would be remiss if we didn't mention our LGS sponsor, J-Dub Sports Cards and Gaming. Speaking of, let's hear an ad from them now. JDub Sports Cards and Gaming, located in West Acres Mall in Fargo, is your one-stop shop for all your Magic the Gathering needs. In the store, you will find a huge selection of sleeves, playmats, and dice for you to personalize your battlefield with. Along with having a large variety of singles in their display cases, there are also binders and boxes for you to browse through. That much selection means that you will always find something you are looking for. J-Dubs is also the place to gather to play a wide array of formats with friends in the community. There is Commander League on Thursday nights, Modern League on Saturday afternoons, and Legacy Leagues on Sunday afternoons. And who can forget Friday Night Magic every Friday evening. J-Dubs has it all, Amonkhet to Zendikar and ways to sleeve, shuffle, and spell sling. Now let's get back to the episode. Thank you, J-Dubs, for supporting us. Now, with all that podcast business out of the way, let's move to this episode's breakdown where I lay out what's going to be happening in this week's episode for you. Starting off, we're going to go to the Boggle Desk where we're just going to be talking all about our main man here, Just Anthony, top aiding an RCQ. Yeah, brother. Yeah, but you didn't win, you scrub. You didn't read the book, and we'll get into that. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Wow. Talk about the upcoming events. Some more RCQs for uh, Anthony to scrub out on. Fuck you. <laughs> and then um, quickly touch on Command Fest Portland happening. Moving to the news, we're going to talk about some arena updates, some LGSs or online retailers that are stopping a thing, that are uh, retailers that are doing a thing again. And then we're going to talk more arena news and then talk about standard since we, we got a lot of news to cover here since we took last week off uh, promo cards and then the the judge Academy, probably the big one of the biggest bits of news right now in the magic community. Yeah. And then at the end, we're going to talk about uh, the first look at Ixalan like we promised you that was supposed to happen last week that did not. And we'll talk Doctor Who maybe just ever so lightly because I think we want to try and save a lot of the Doctor Who as much as we can for when uh, Big G comes back. 
or maybe we'll just do save that. Save it. Save it for BG. From there, we'll play everyone's favorite game, the Conjure Currency game. And after that, we'll be done. The episode's over. Y'all could go home and be done with us for another week. But wait, Matt. There's going to be a Thoughtcast. Yeah, if you're in the live stream, check out the Thoughtcast. If you're uh, listening to the episode afterwards, look out for the Thoughtcast coming later this week. Yeah. Because I am not that awesome of a person to edit two things in one night. Well, just edit one tonight and one tomorrow, Matt. That's how you should do it anyways. Yeah, that's the plan. Oh, are you sure? Yeah, that's why I can't edit two in one night. <laughs> Scrub. Coming from a guy <laughs> that didn't even win the RCQ. Well, you'd have to show up to even try to win anything. Can't win if you don't do anything. Yeah, I noticed. I didn't see you there. I was depressed. That's why I couldn't finish the game. Giggity. <laughs> but with that giggity there, Anthony, you want to take it away and tell us about your uh, your fumble up there at the RCQ? There was no fumble at all. It was a hard-fought battle. Did you win? I Fumbled. Won, I won myself in top eight. That's what I did. <laughs> Anywho, so last weekend... On Saturday, there was the RCQ at Paradox, which, of course, being a premium store that they are, they had the ability to give two invitations away. So that means you just had to play these semifinals. We got Garrett in the chat saying, that's why Anthony needs to get good. Garrett, go back to bed. <laughs> yeah, sleep. You're sick. Or yeah. you could keep showing... No, no. I give you permission. Keep taking jabs at Anthony here. They're funny. Once again... None of you have a, a right to give me any jabs. You weren't there to play. We're 100% for not winning. I didn't see a one-to-place uh, one invite coming with you with your top eight. Wow. No invites. You ain't going to DreamHack. Well, what? not for this one, no. <laughs> Anyways, so it was a really good tournament. There was a good turnout. I think, if I remember correctly, the numbers was like um, we had 31, 30, no. What was that? Let me think. And you couldn't end up on top there. Sorry, these jokes are just going to keep coming. I know. I'm just ignoring them. I don't care. <laughs> so anyways, uh, I was on Mono Black Coppers, and I was on one of the more um, recent versions that strives to be... Uh, Is that the Karnless one or the Karn? No, no. no. Well, they all have Karn in them. Well, I thought, there, I thought one version was going away from the Karn. That's, um, I think that's one of the more newer ones that's going away from coffers, even. Oh yeah, I remember seeing a so list of that. It's like, that kind so of the whole the purpose, though. Exactly. It's well, yes and no. I mean, it's, um, in one aspect of of mono black coffers because this is a deck that, it's a really good deck, but it's also a deck that has a lot of variation still because people haven't really figured out how to hone it. like. They haven't honed in on exactly what they want specifically. Like they know it's like the idea of the deck. They want to do, you know, the one ring and bowmasters because they're really powerful cards. They want to do Karn because you have a lot of strength with utilizing your ring or also your sideboard as a wishboard. And like they're just uncertainty between the ideas of, um, you know, how do you get to a point where uh, people are able to um, capitalize on your mana production that you can have as well as like how to be more um fine-tuned to not miss the opportunities to be able to get what you want so that kind of creates the whole thing of the deck doesn't have a solidified uh build yet but it has a a primer of ideas to make it so like i said for me i was more um built into the version where 
um, the mass production of mana was either to have multiple things in a turn or like you, you know, Karn Wishboard and then you do stuff, you know. So uh, main deck was two Shieldreds, the Apocalypse, four Bowmasters, three of the Troll, uh, troll of Kaza Doom. So you have Swamp Cycling. Um, spells were like Cling to Dust, Fatal Push, uh, March of the Wretched. Sorrow. March of the Wretched Sorrow. Um, I had... Thoughtsies? Four Thoughtsies, you okay, know, okay. main thing. Um, and then like those one, other ones were Invariance, uh, Fatal Push, and March. Those are both four ofs. My Clings were at two because uh, I tried something different because there was something I saw that I was like, this would make a lot of sense to have the crazy amount of mana, which was... I use the new uh, virtue of pestilence or yeah, persistence. There, there you go. Yep, yep. Yep. I, so I, I tried that out because I was like, as a two of, that's not bad. Um, it is sorcery for the one side for the scorn of Lockthwain, where you give something minus three, minus three, and gain two life. But then, what? Sounds like 30 some people that are in our minds did better than. Jesus Christ. I cannot lie to you. The Garrett is just slamming me hard. It happens too. Giggity. Giggity. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I tried those, and then I was doing like uh, Shieldred's Verdict because it's really powerful. And the other thing that I did as well that was something that was discussed was the idea of uh, I ran one Defile, which is a Modern Horizons one card, uncom- or common. That's the, oh, well, let me guess, single black instant creature gets neg one, neg one for each swamp you control. You got it. Yeah, I so, like uh, Mutilate, which is the the board wipe. Mutilate is that the board yep, wipe version? That's the one from the core set. Yeah, the, I always like the, that card. The progenitor idea. So, which I think to file is there. It's definitely not something that I see as a, you know, more than one or two card because I mean, what it, a one mana neg five neg five is pretty good. Well, it just it's a card that like it, it scales really well. But like the other side is like Wretched Sorrow. That that one is that's your powerful like get stuff because and it gains your life. Yeah, exactly. Deal X to damage to creature planes are. So there was that. And then, like, my land setup was definitely... I mean, of course, there's four one ring. Uh, there's four Karn. Um, or, sorry, three one ring in the main board, one the side for wishing. Um, and then my land base, I decided to go with uh, changing it a little bit where I held back on, like, not having too many, like, extra different type of lands that wasn't four Urborg, four Coffers. So I did nine swamps instead, and I only went with, oh, I can't remember if it was six or seven, like, strip land type things for non-basics, but, like, it would just... Like, Ghost Quarter? Well, no, using Demolition Field and Field of Ruin. Okay. Field of Ruin, technically, is the one that's better. Yes. Because you want to force your opponent to shuffle. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other side of it, too, is, like, uh, Demolition Ruin. Demolition Ruins is okay. It's not, like, the best, but, like I said, it's it's a... That was the list. And then my sideboard, like, I'm not even going to talk about my sideboard just for the simple fact that, like, I put together my wishboard of what I wanted, and I put together what now? Just what is it? I can't see it that Garrett's well. So. selling it to get good. Uh, Garrett's saying, uh, should have ran Matt's favorite combo meld cards of get and good that melt into get good scrub. Clearly. So, anywho, uh, first round, I played against one of our local guys here in Fargo that he also is on the mono black coffers train and has been doing it since Etron. So he was running the like kind of the newest version at the time, which is all about using Beseech the Mirror. 
to kind of like fill like slot yourself into like you run two or three of those and then you find a way to utilize that to be like this is an extra shoulder this is an extra whatever like finding whatever it is so he was playing that uh the mirror match i'll tell you right now is a very gross slug match it is not fun uh i did 2-0 that somehow even in turns like our first game took us 40 some minutes Jesus and that first game i ended with like 47 life or something like that to finally kill him it took a while well it's a game of attrition when everybody has shieldreds i mean but not only that though but the wretched though like that's the thing like i was i'm not kidding you i had like streamlined perfect mana to the point like i was able in one turn to create 20 some mana and still have remainder for like their turn the real question is like when when are the coffers player is going to be putting in something like torment of hailfire or extirpates as like and the see, that's, ability. Like, that's the thing that I is, I, is that the missing I, piece? To, I like, don't know. Like push it like, through. It's like not getting too heavily into the explanation of like a one single deck discussion for this, but like the idea is, I just it it doesn't have a for sure thing. Like you can do a lot of stuff. It's just like the biggest thing is that baseline for this deck is finding the right balance of not hitting like bad land mapping so like you have coffers but nothing to do versus like i need drawing effects in my deck but i don't want to get rid of certain things because i like to have the kill or i like to have the removal for certain things to the like do we really run coffers like is it that beneficial versus we can just streamline ourselves up the river in a sense of the we're going to help we're going to hit everything we want turns one two three four five you know and like go on a normal plan like it's it's a very, it's a delicate process of finding the right spots. My personal opinion, after playing it this weekend, I can definitely say that I think the things that are really being missed in the deck right now is the idea that you, you might, the idea should be maybe leaning like as much as like I hate the pitch cards that exist in modern for the evoke elementals mainly because they're just so easy. They're almost the thing that you want to lean into more like. You don't really need Thoughtseize. Like, you could just run Grief because then it, then you have the ability to add more black cards that you want to, like, utilize in a way. And, like, when you have a moment where you don't need them, it makes sense in a monocolored deck where Grief is the better option over Thoughtseize, as an example. And then the yeah. other part is, like, you then can force yourself into running more of the Virtues of Persistence. I was just about to bring because it up with that. you can bring Grief back or you Can't can bring your opponent's creatures, you know. Like, it's it's trying to find the right thing. And, like, to me, it's just that's kind of where I would lean into more. I'm going to do more testing on trying to figure that out. But, like I said, enough with the idea of, like, the deck. I want to get to the rest of it. So, like, uh, if people have questions about it or anything, like, in the Discord, in the modern section, just shoot it out there for me and everything else. Play the mirror match. I beat, I beat our buddy Zeke in... Uh, turns of game two, so I two owed there. Um, I played against the new Hardened Scales deck, which Ooh. is the Gruel version. Um, that was a really good match. It went it went two one again for his favor. The guy that was playing Scales um, first game, um, he got me. I kind of I was kind of on the ropes in the first game where I could have came back pretty easily, but it just you know the the way Scales plays, it's hard to get back, especially with that Cauldron. Oh, let me tell you, Cauldron. Agatha's Cauldron is so fucking amazing, like of a card. I, I'm I'm so happy it was printed. I don't like how expensive it is because I really wanted to get a playset, but as of right now, it's not on my priority list, so it's not a big deal. It's like what, fifty bucks? Fifty bucks average. Yeah. So, but for people that play scales, that and also Heliod Company, 
Yes. Or Heliod combo, sorry. Yep. Um, that card has revitalized two decks on the simple fact that like it has enough power to give them life again, which is awesome. But yet at the same time, it doesn't always win everything, so that's okay too. Like that's that's what you want to see in cards being printed is to revitalize stuff. Um, but anyways, so I played against that deck. Second game, uh, got him. You know, just like man ramped out. I'm not even gonna look at that till later. I don't care. I'm gonna continue. And then the third game, I will tell you right now, the third game against the scales deck was insane because I thought seized away a creature from their hand, and they proceeded to draw into not only an extra hardened scales, but they drew into three extra hardened scales to the point that I was staring down literally four hardened scales in play. Jesus, the that's guy, some fucking luck. <clears throat> I bet he was had a shit eating grin on. Yeah, because he looked at me and I said to him right away, I was like, uh, I need to get training, right? I need to get this train moving right now because I said, as soon as you drop a creature, I think this is bad. He's like, well, I was like, just explain to me quickly how this works because I need to know the interaction of like, is there a point in timing something? Because like, basically, for example, if you have four hard scales in play and you would play like a walking blister for just one, it actually comes into play as five right so you spent two mana and you now have a five five yes and that gets insane and it gets even more insane with the new Oslo thing like it just it gets so crazy and that was the whole thing is like asking the question because every single one of those is just replacement effects so like you're supposed to have one well it's supposed to be two we're supposed to have two it's supposed to be three we're supposed to be, like it just it builds up so fast and i'm like so is there really at any point like sometime that i can stop this and he's like well basically the creature just gets big it, like unless there's like a separate interaction somewhere, it tries to add an extra plus one plus one counter because these are replacement effects. Exactly, don't use that's the, stack. the only point you have time. And he's like, but I don't have any of that in play though. And I'm like, yeah, it's good to know. It's kind of what I want. <laughs> that's just what I wanted to know. So the point was like he, I mean, he just got me. There's no, I with four I hardened scales. Yeah, yeah, it, it, and that was the worst part. Is like I took away the dude's best card in his hand, turn one, and like I said, when you proceed to draw into those scales i was like it doesn't matter like you just draw any of your creatures and you just go to town so you're playing whatever with rngs right there you're just so so yeah i lost i lost that round i'm okay with that though because i was like okay well i I mean i played against something that's not the norm so i was okay with that and then round three i end up playing against the new esper gordo's vengeance atraxa deck yep yep i lost the first game and i was like oh fuck i was kind of feeling down and out about it i was like Maybe I was wrong. Maybe this coffers deck isn't as good as I thought it could be. Like maybe I just, you know, not trying to not believe, but like just the idea of like where you're like, well, maybe I was tricked. You know that feeling of tricked. And game two comes up, and I just I drew the right cards. I got rid of the stuff in his graveyard, and somehow like I bulldozed my way through that game. And I was like, no, 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 this deck's got it. I know this deck got it. Actually, now I see. I I'm seeing it because like before I never got to really utilize cling to dust. And that's where I do love me a cling to dust. And that's where, like, for the future, that's a card that should be a four of in the deck because it has so much value. It does so much for you. So, I mean, draw a card if it's a non creature card, gain three life for one man instant speed, escaping for four. I mean, not bad. And five extra cards. But, like I said, it's so that I saw the power of that card and it made me believe, like, how much more important that card is. So, once again, like, you know, game two. Took away the answers from the graveyard. What you can't do anything. Game three, same thing, and I won. So I was like, okay, 
This feels good. Round four, play against Hammer. Blue White Hammer. Imagine that you are a favorite to Wayne in that? Hell yeah, you are. Okay. You are fucking bananasly better than them no matter what they do. Because first off, you have all the fucking removal in the world. Also running the premier removal card, as known as the Black Lightning Bolt, because it's Fatal Push. Yes. So anytime they want to interact with anything, you got them. And even if they would spell pierce you at all, guess what? You still got them on the next turn because then you go, who the fuck cares? Yeah. And then the, what, the deck thing, only has what two, three spell pierces max that you like two spell about? pierces and maybe a blacksmith's whatever yeah. the things that give it hexproof and indestructible. So, anyways, like just I trounced this hammer deck two zero, and the best part too is like, you know, you drop Karn the Great Creator with also backup for, you know, killing stuff. Uh, yeah, it's pretty fucking good. So, yeah, definitely favored. Saw the power there with that. I was like, okay, this makes me feel better. And then round five came, and then again, I'm playing another fucking mirror match. And then I was well, running the numbers. people believed uh, that Coffer's deck is a good deck then as well. Yeah, at the tournament, there was definitely, um, someone said, like, they thought they saw five people. I think there was four people that was running Coffer's, so. But still. Three of, of uh, three people I knew who it was. I didn't know who the other person was. Out of thirty people, that's like what six percent? Yeah. No, so, not six percent. No. A little eight percent. Danny, what's the math? What? Six six five decks out of thirty. What's the math on that? Five decks out of thirty? Yeah. That'd be a sixth of the meta. So thirty percent. Yeah. There we go. Thirty percent of the field. You're welcome. I did the math for you. Anyways, uh, but yeah, so I had the mirror match. He also, again, he was playing the Beseech the Mirror version. So it's all about bargaining to get your stuff. Um, and it was, I just had bad luck on that part. But the thing was, like, I had to play, though, because I was playing down. So the guy I was playing against, he was yeah. he was, uh, he was a 2-1-1, two, two, one and one, and I was just 3-1. and one. So I, I had to play because we were at the bottom of the fucking bracket for the top eight people and i was yeah. just like uh, looking at the numbers and everything and like so if i would not have played i'm fairly certain through the numbers i would not have squeaked in yeah by the break by breakers you just squeaked out this, another guy that had the same score as you yep which was a, our buddy brandon so and like i mean it happens this is what it is but like i got in top eight um sadly i don't have the results for this we don't have the results for this because like i was just looking on their page and everything and they don't. They guess. I guess they forgot to post what it was, ah. which is too bad. Uh, I guess we'll have to let people know next week if they want to know, or we can just we'll figure it out. But uh, yeah, so um, I played against a guy that was for so for quarterfinals, I had to play against the guy that was playing Mono Green Tron, who was the same guy that the guy I faced in round five had the draw with, because they went to time, and I was like, oh joy, because. If you don't like facing the mirror, you definitely don't like facing against Tron because you're both doing the same thing in different avenues. One's green, one's black. Yeah, and then the <laughs> other part is like you also are playing, you're trying to play up and they're just playing down because they have the answers to what you do and you don't have the answers to what they do. Because Tron, they play a lot of bigger things and a lot of more powerful type cards. Yeah, their worm coil is going to be doing a lot more than a, a shield grid there. Yeah. 
or even the troll. So the troll. Uh, but yeah, it was like I said, it was a good matchup though. Like it was fun. I uh, I enjoyed it. He got the first game. I got the second game, and then he ended up getting the third game, and it went to a very hard slug. So overall, uh, you know, it was. So that's how he gets you to interact. Oh. Oh, cool. They got it. So don't remember who Derek Fencing is. Oh, did he send a picture of it? He sent a thing of who got the stuff. So Jim Swenson, that was the guy that I played against uh, in the mirror match. So he got it. And then Derek Fenske, which if I can remember correctly, his deck might have been Scam. Okay. I just know like the top eight was Tron, Two Coffers, Burn, Scam, Scales. The Scales guy made it. And there was one other deck. I don't know what the other deck was, though. That's the problem. Like, I'm missing one of the one of the eight decks in my head of who they were. So, uh, yeah, it was great. At the end of it all, I got a pin for top eight. You got the offer you can't refuse, and I got yep, I got two non foils, two two non foils of offer you can't re- offer you can't refuse. You can't. I had a joke for that for the cat version of Jace. Anyways, a meow for you can't. Oh, no. you, an offer that you and can't off per you off can't per. refuse. There we go. And then I got, got there, two baby. also of the Death Shadows. Beautiful. So I it was and also got eight packs, eight set boosters from Throne. Well worth it. What was it? Uh, forty wilds. Was it forty bucks? Yeah. Yeah. So, pretty good. Pretty good uh, <clears throat> payout there for you. Niv Mizzet. Yeah, I know. We gotta get moving. So, anyways, it was great. Had fun. Um so yeah, let's just uh Move on to the next part. Carry on, because we still got a lot of news. Danny. Fuck yeah, we do. This one's on you, buddy. Oh, is it now? <sighs> well, I'm sorry, but Matt's going to make fun of you again. Uh, well, maybe Anthony can try and get the coveted invite to DreamHack at the next RCQ in Fargo-Moorhead area at JDev Sports Cards and Gaming, our sponsor. October 21st, with registration starting at 11 a.m. Central Center Time. And event starting at noon, it'll cost you $50 for the modern RCQ. So, Anthony, try your best so you can not only get an invite to DreamHack Dallas, but for more copies of those beautiful prize cards of an offer you can't refuse for all participants and uh, Death Shadows for the top eight and a foil Death Shadows for first and second. Now, with all the information given to you, Anthony, we hope you can get good and play some Better magic. Uh, okay, so I'll say this right now. I was going to be playing this event, but I am audibling out of it because I am going to go with my wife and my son and do a trunk or treating thing for the bank. Terrible. So <clears throat> family Pick first. Pick family over magic. Family first. Rude. Well, <laughs> really, really, he's using his kid so he can get candy. No, no, no. He's using his kids as an excuse because he's just too scared to get beaten again. But he also wants candy. I am not fucking scared to get beaten again. Yo. Fuck you. <clears throat> Here's the real question. Are you going to go to the one you said you're supposed to be going to? Which one was that? This one coming up on the 21st. No. Wow. Which is even worse. Sure. You want to make it even funnier? We're going to be going to a corn maze with our kids. <laughs> yeah, well, you, so you, you lied. Get lost. You fucking lied a couple weeks ago to me, you jerk. <clears throat> what anyway. a Dinkelberg. 
A new J-Dubs event was announced the other week, and we will touch on that quickly. The event is the Booster Drafts and Drinks during ValleyCon, October 14th at 6 p.m. J-Dubs is going to be a vendor at ValleyCon, which is the FM area's premier convention-slash-festival celebration celebration of popular uh, culture and sci-fi fiction space, and they are putting... They on a Wilds of Eldraine draft event at the Holiday Inn across from West Acres Mall. 20 gets you into the draft and gets you one paid drink. There will be a $5 cover at the door to enter ValleyCon itself to get to the draft, but ValleyCon is 100% worth checking out. This one was a late last-minute edition here. Uh, Little Big Wars is having yep. their RCQ Sur- this weekend. Surprise, surprise. Uh, there's an RCQ for them, too. It's uh, fifty dollars. It's going to be using Wild of Eldraine sealed event. I kind of fear that's what they'd be doing. Yeah, Little Big Wars is like the limited. They're very well LGS, and they don't have they don't have the what is it? The best way to explain it? They're they have not like it's a bad thing because like they really opt into miniatures more, and hence the they name just Little don't Big have Wars. The magic yeah, they're exactly they're they're just they're very low low stream magic push, but. Hey, still though, that's awesome that they're doing that because mm-hmm. like sealed event for this for this format it actually is a lot of fun. So, yep, you get the Death Shadow regional invite to oh Denver, not Dallas. I think I mistyped on the, the oh Dallas yeah yeah. One. This, that, that's this, on me. These are the most recent RCQs. Everything's going for Denver in February. Yep, uh, and then top eight get a pin <clears throat> lanyard and more Death Shadows, and then first thirty two entrants will get a non foil and offer you can't refuse. Hey man. At least, at least go get the offer. The offer you can't refuse. There we go. It's so adorable. It's an adorable card. It's an adorable card. It's really cool. Uh, and I'm reading. Don't worry. And we would be remiss if you didn't mention the Command Fest Portland that is happening this weekend on the 13th through the 15th at the Portland Expo Center. Three day ticket packages start at $120 and come with an exclusive metal. Commander Pass with Avacyn Token AR. What the fuck is A? What? AR. Art. Oh, there's a T missing? There's a T missing. You I'm, bitch. I'm, I'm not the editor. Art. Token art. Four reliquary. Oh, now it's there. Four reliquary dollar festival promos. Two foil and two non foil. 30 prize tickets. An exclusive Descendants Fury playmat. Not bait. A deck box with 133 card capacity, dice and dice bag, a drawstring bag, and access to the dedicated open play area for the whole event. There's a one-day package for $50. You can get that metal pass and a single non-foil reliquary tower, 15 prize ticks, and access to the open play area. And there's a few high-end ticket packages that a person can purchase for $200 and $325 that come with a few more items like a random metallic travel size oversized card that is a 12 by 17. The card they showed as an example for the metallic travel card is the Commander Master's printing of Jeweled Lotus. So do that. So do with that information as you will. Aside from those packages, there will be a pl- there will be plenty of events such as Doctor Who Commander Precon event, other Precon style events, and a bunch of different drafts slash sealed events like Mystery Booster Sealed. Commander Master's Draft, and more like that. Plus a bunch of on-demand events that yield prize ticks. And of course, it wouldn't be a con if there weren't artists, vendors, and content creators galore around for you to interact with. Link to the website with the rest of the information is down below. If you are going to attend, let us know. We do love to hear about your experiences. 
I think that ends up all of our event stuff. Yeah, we're done at the Boggle Desk. So I think it's time to head on over to the news. The news. 42 minutes. Yes. Damn. Don't worry. We're going to breeze Anyway. We're breezing. Begin, let's begin this week's news section with some news quickies. At the front of the quickies, this is a reminder uh, that starting October 9th today, uh, you can start your you can visit your LGS and spend fifty dollars or more on sealed MTG products to receive the anime inspired art for the cards Pyroblast and Ice Out with art by Tacoma Epson or Epsu with the characters of Roan and Will Kenrith. Onward, you diligent capitalists to spend fifty bucks. And also if you don't want to spend that much money at your LGS for it, the secondary market I've seen is like ten dollars. Don't go to troll. <laughs> what troll and toad that's a foreshadow have you ever used troll and toad to purchase magic cards do you even know what troll and toad is if you are an old fogey boomer or a boomer of magic's past like me well here's a quick summary of troll and toad before you get in to why it is in the news troll and toad is one of the first large-scale buyers and sellers of magic cards shortly after the game showed up on the scene and really had success in, two, in the early 2000s uh, with their brick-and-mortar and online sales. Now, if you are telling yourself, well, this is a great news, this is great news to just learn about another online retailer with the magic cards from, let's just say, hold your Apple Jacks there, pal. The news about Troll and Toad is that they are going to stop selling and buying magic singles and sealed products starting in January 1st of 2024. The reason for this, stated by Ben Burns, owner of Troll and Toad, is, quote, Magic is not profitable enough for our company to continue carrying right now. This quote comes from an ICV2.com article that will be linked below further for you to read fully as to some other reasons the store's decision to stop selling Magic products. Well, c'est la vie. So let's go on to the next thing. Speaking of online retailers, Cardsphere, the once soon to be closing online marketplace for trading, selling, and buying magic cards, isn't going to be closing. There have been some behind the scenes negotiations for Cardsphere to continue under new ownership, and they are in the final stages of that, with a tentative date of the changeover to be November 1st of 2023. Uh, who the new owners are? Well, it's not really, uh, it wasn't stated. Uh, other than this from the article, quote, we're not quite ready to let people know who the new stewards are, but we can tell you that Cardsphere <clears throat> is being taken over by a major player in the greater Magic community. If you play Magic, you have absolutely used their services. Full article with a few more details like data security and their articles and contents getting addressed can be found in the description below. People are guessing that it's Card Kingdom, by the way. <laughs> All right. And let's also talk about some arena updates. Uh, these quickies are going to be from the Magic Arena Announcements article that dropped just today. Starting off, 30 new cards are getting introduced onto Arena tomorrow on October 10th through the release of Alchemy Eldraine. Hey, Danny, tell us your excitement for this. That's awesome. Thanks, Danny. Can you continue on some new news? <laughs> oh, to to those watching or listening to the podcast, Danny flicked us off on that. That was his response. <laughs> Basically, Danny hates Arena and Alchemy. I don't, hate, Ar- I don't hate Arena. Sorry, it's just a format that he Watts is Alchemy. using as an apology for not doing their job. <sighs> I know. 
Well, can you read the next part for us at least? I suppose. Now because of this bit of news, <laughs> I have to be the one to mention that Watsi also announced two cards being rebalanced after this weekend's Arena Championship. Rebalancing only happens for the Historic and Alchemy formats. Uh, um. Those cards are Orkish, Bowmaster, and the One Ring. Bowmaster lost its ETB, and the Ring had a one mana cost added to its activation. The reasons behind Bowmaster, it is... The reasons behind Bowmaster is it was a no opportunity cost to, to any black deck, and the ETB pr- pushed one toughness creatures out of the format. And for the ring, it was too efficiently efficient at effectively winning the game with sheer amount of card advantage. Now to give Danny a chance to breathe from that quickie, the next one is that there will be spooky October Secret Lair sleeves showing up on Arena tomorrow the 10th using art from the Princess Bride drop and the Evil Dead drop. No price shown of uh, what they're going to cost at the time of recording. It'll probably be your normal prices. Yeah, I think what, like 600 gems for for the bundles? Something like that. So I think they're like a thousand. Is it a thousand for the okay, for the big ones? I... For the big bundle stuff, yeah. But like, if you yeah. buy a single sleeve, I think it's like oh, six hundred. Yeah, probably. Yeah, six hundred or a thousand or twelve hundred. I don't remember what it is. It's some weird fucking number for gold. You'll find out tomorrow. Yeah, so if it's any... something that you're interested in. Anyway, now onto the news that is revolving around my favorite format, standard. Said no one. Uh, <laughs> the other weekend during Worlds, director of the play programs William Huey Jensen wrote an article, went on and went on the broadcast of Worlds to talk about the next steps in revitalizing standard play, which is weird, man. Just, that's just, how that's how it was like revitalizing standard play. Okay, Matt does a bad job. We know. That's, I'm not an editor. Anyway, we know. Anyway, Watsi believes that revitalizing standards is a necessary action they need to make in order to assist local game stores. No figure. Uh, some of the first steps taken towards this are things we've talked about on the podcast in previous episodes, like standard bans and the standard rotation happening every three years instead of two. The next steps outlined in the article are as follows. Uh, starting with murders at Kar- Kar- um, Karlov, Manor, wow, words are hard. In February, the Standard Showdown is returning. Standard Showdown is for those who don't or who haven't participated in a in one, comma, is a weekly standard event at your WPN LGS, where you can win special promos and other cards. Plus, those stores will be given an oversized card with what they so choose. It also mentioned that they are, that this will start with the Lost Caverns of Ixalan. Store championships will be standard constructed. Uh, the next week, next step will be seen at Magicon Chicago in February 2024 in the form of a $75,000 standard open. Just like the limited ones held in Barcelona and Vegas, this is a large open field standard tournament with prize money and pro tour invites awarded to players. This kind of event has been very well received by players. Also, during the third round of the 23-24 RCQ season, the format will be standard as another step to help keep eyes on standard. But that is not all. The RC that follows Pro Tour Outlaws of of Thunder Junction in the spring, which that constructed format will be standard, uh, will be standard as well. 
Okay, that okay, that makes sense now. You should yeah, have yeah. said so, the so, set. So Pro Tour Thunder Junction is gonna be standard, the construct format is standard. Yeah, mm. so there's no reason to say standard as well. But, then. but 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 the RC which follows that is standard as well. I suppose that makes sense. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not I'm not an editor. <laughs> Words are hard for everyone I'm here. I'm not an editor. Anyway, if somebody, uh, there is somebody no... wants to be an editor, we can't pay you, but <laughs> pay with love. Pay with love. We love anyway, you. Uh, there's no disputing that Watsi is trying to p- is really pushing the revitalist standard with all these events coming down to the pipe down the pipeline in the next six to eight months. So are you looking to get back into standard because of these moves Watsi is making towards standard? No, because I'm not pro and I don't have a thousand dollars every couple months to keep up with standard. Yeah, that's that's kind of the thing that I figured that we we're gonna talk. This is now why I stopped playing standard. Yeah, the, the the fact that it, now, especially with cards like uh, we're like also all culture. parents, we have other responsibilities. Oh yeah, the average the average Magic player nowadays is our age and is a parent probably. Yep. So it's kind of hard to it, do all of it. Honestly, a lot of the podcasts that you listen to of players, yeah, they got kids, or you know, they're, they're the the you ones have priorities. That, yeah. You got the priorities, and we get that. And yeah, spending spending a couple hundred dollars. <laughs> every like three to four months to just like up your deck. I mean, you can, you could be smart about it. You know, magic players are savvy players. Listen, you can, you can flip. Anyone can be smart about it. Even like to my extent, I could be smart about it. And like, I could be doing a little bit harder job at reselling stuff to afford the next thing. But shiny cardboard looks so good in the book. Well, also having time to do that is also really important. (laughs) And when you're busy as fuck, you don't have time to do that all the time. Especially when you're tired. All, all the collection right there, not very well sorted. Just come look at my room. It's bad. Totes and, it, and boxes everywhere stuff. The only reason why it's all up on the shelf is so that way I can have room for the podcast. Yeah, I can tell. <laughs> all right, standard this, standard that. What about prizes, Matt? What do I get for playing standard, you probably are asking yourself. Well, these are not confirmed, guaranteed as prizes for standard events at your LGS, but it is confirmed that LGSs are free to use these promos as they see fit. What I'm talking about are the new round of WPN Premium Store promos. These promos are Sarah Angel, Lord of Atlantis, Zombie Master, Goblin King, and Gaia's Liege, all distributed in the Wooberg colors. Order each quarter starting later this year throughout 2024. Uh, The art of these cards are truly novel and whimsical because they depict the creature of the card in an LGS environment. Sarah is playing a game of magic and is casting a Sarah Angel. Lord of Atlantis is opening boosters and just found one card that they were hoping to pull. Zombie Master is getting ready to uh, getting ready for the pre-release event by sorting its cards. And Goblin King is overly excited at browsing the sealed product that just got put on the shelf. And Gaia's Liege is putting on his teacher hat and showing some players how to play magic. There is one final card for these promo cards, and that is Yellow Cassium Neo Cavern of Souls, which that looks pretty fucking cool, might I add. Um, and we will go into more details about what this means when we get to our Ixalan talk. So if you're wondering where to see these promo cards of the other five, mainly, uh, you can go over to Star City Games to their article talking about this and showing it off. And yeah, they're, they're phenomenal. 
I love them. Uh, I don't know. Honestly, out of like all the recent like promo-ish cars that they've done, like I feel these are like a home run. Yeah, you know, these are a home run. They're very, they're very cute. They're very wholesome. Yeah, they just evoke like, oh, these are magic cars. You know, I think like, they should only change one thing. Oh, like stop reprinting Sarah Angel. I feel like you, <laughs> listen. It, it, these I were creatures. Know. These were creatures from Alpha that were very prominent. Yeah. Well, here's the problem. There's four out of the five that are very useful. There's one that doesn't do dick. Okay. <laughs> All right. That's the problem we're in. And no, the puns and innuendos that would be involved with the Sarah Angel just stop. Stop. We're not going there. No. The point is, listen, it had its day in the sun. There is no more sun. We need to pick a different white creature. It's the same idea as like we had Shiv and Dragon as the poster child for red forever. It's now time to pick a different angel. Why not just put Bane Slayer there? So we got uh, Big G in the chat asking, uh, why the fuck... Uh... Why the fuck? Seriously, of uh, they have other lords. Fucking Gaia's liege. I'm thinking that you're referring to why no elf lord? <laughs> yeah, and I can agree with that too. I can understand, but Gaia's liege at least has an effective power to do something. Yeah, like, like I said, the the, the shtick that they're going for with this is like 30th anniversary, taking from alpha uh, prominent pr- creatures that were used at the time. I get stuff. it. I'm so, just I mean, saying, if you want to market better, but beyond that, though, listen. I'll still take a fucking Sarah Angel that looks like this. It is cool. It is. It All is. the promos are very fucking cool. I'm not saying no to that. I'm just saying, like, next time, can we please start picking cards that are just useful for beyond looking cool? Collectors love Sarah Angel. They have, Guess they have what? a fondness for Sarah Angel. What is the percent of collectors that exist in the realm of magic to the players that want to play the game? More than you think. I bet it's not as much as the number of players that want to just play the fucking game. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. Anyway. We're we can, moving on from we this. We can complain to the cows come in about exactly. this. So let's talk about the judge thing, Matt. Tell us about that. Okay. So the uh, Wizards of the Coast announced last week that they are uh, part- their partnership with the Judge Academy End is ending. So I'll just, it's a short article here. We'll just read verbatim. As of October 13th, this upcoming Friday, Wizards of the Coast will no longer be partnering with Judge Academy. We appreciate the work with Judge Academy has done over the past few years in service of magic judges and organizers, and we are currently working with tournament organizers and stores for a new framework and approach to magic judging. We do not expect this change to affect most events, as organizers of major magic events have close ties and existing contracts with judges that will be unaffected. In the interim, we expect that judge conferences will continue to take place at MagicCon events, and the organizers will continue to work with and hire experienced judges and tournament staff for events. If you have questions about judging at large-scale events, you can contact the Global Tournament Organization who runs the Regional Championship Qualification System. Link right there. Experienced magic judges are the lifeblood of high-level magic, and we're thankful for the Judges Academy's stewardship of the program. We look forward to the future of magic judging. Now, the Judge Academy uh, was founded in 2018 as kind of a way to like collectively like teach judges, make judges, and yeah, then kind they get of contracted out and, like and push for more like promotion of like you should be a judge. Yes, it was just it was a good push. It was so. 
Magic, uh, the Judge Academy, they made a post on their uh, on their blog. We're going to just lightly cover it because it's an open letter and an FAQ. We're going to cover the open letter because it's very quick here as well to read that hits on the Judge Academy's side of the, the partnership ending here. So Wizards of the Coast will not be renewing its sponsorship agreement with Judge Academy. This means we will no longer be under contract with Wizards to provide services to the Magic Judge program after October 13th. I do not have specific information about Wizards' plans. However, Wizards has consistently expressed to me under the understanding of the importance of judges, and I believe Wizards will select their their entity to provide services to the Magic Judge program. Because the community needs an interim solution, Judge Academy intends to continue offering training, testing, and certification of judges until the other entity fills that role. Please see the attached FAQ for details of this and other changes. At the time of transition for Judge Academy, I want to take the opportunity to thank you for including me in your community over the years. I appreciate the positive ways in which you have impacted my life and the lives of each other and the players. You are the core of what makes the game and the community so amazing and should be celebrated as such judge academy has been operating for only a few months when covid hit yeah okay so it was 2020 2019 when they started i said 2018 so 2019 they started about and they kept going so as the world shut down members of the judge academy connected with each other through digital conferences and online forums and created many opportunities to help each other and when the world reopened it was the judges who helped the magic community come back together event by event player by player although times of transitions can be uncomfortable the community has demonstrated that it is resourcefulness intelligence and dedicated to weather transitions thank you again for sharing this journey tim shields so a couple faqs here uh we'll cover i guess uh first one who will be managing the magic judge program next uh, it has not yet been communicated to Judge Academy what the next steps are for the Magic Judge program. However, Wizards has consistently expressed to us their understanding of the importance of judges in the Magic community. Although we have no specific information, we believe that Wizards will select another entity to provide services to the Magic Judge program. And at that point, we will work with that entity to provide a smooth transition. Do, do, do. So uh, what specific changes will Judge Academy make to service offerings? This one's a little lengthier, uh, not too lengthy, a couple sentences. As of today, Judge Academy will stop accepting paid memberships. JudgeAcademy.com website and our Discord server will remain available uh, for use with free memberships. As of October 13th, Judge Academy's contract with Wizards to provide community management for the Magic Judge program will end. Since our contract is over, Judge Academy will not be able to support Q4 conferences. However, we will hold a final end-of-the-year conference supported with the Q3 and Q4 announcement promotional foil cards. Judge Academy will not obtain Magic Gathering promotional cards for 2024. With the foreseeable future, Judge Academy will continue to provide both coursework and testing opportunities for Magic judges, including one-on-one testing of L3 judges. Content updates will be made to coursework and tests on an as-needed basis. And uh, they talk about some other memberships, prices and stuff, how that's going to be working, uh, selecting conferences... And the judge conferences in 2024 and beyond, it is said that hopefully the conferences will continue. However, Judge Academy will not be able to provide support for Magic the Gathering judge conferences after 2023. And yeah, it is a little uh, a little bittersweet. You know, the Judge Academy was pretty good. They were very nice on social media, making some pretty solid posts and, you know, just yeah. wanted people to become judges, you know, 
areas needed judges. And they were a good, like getting those promo cards and getting it aggregated into the judge through the, through the judge academy to like learn and stuff, and then was you know gives out the cards. And those fucking cards are phenomenal. Parallel lives, the nickel bolus, two that I can think of at the top of my head. I think there's a smothering tithe judge promo and stuff. And we we're just talking about this earlier, a wheel of yeah. fortune judge promo from Wheel back of Fortune, in the day, but that's yeah. completely different program. That's not Can, the judge not, academy, not the newer stuff. And like you have like No Mercy, that's a really good one too. There we go. That's on my list for my Queen Marchessa deck. <laughs> But it's it's a good program and like it's a great start. Um, I just I really want to see Wizards push more to these people that become judges. Like it's it's not an easy task. And guess what? It's not easy navigating rules interactions with this game, anyways. For most judges, even because they are complicated in layers. Yes, layers are intense. Like watching layer, uh, learning layers videos and stuff. Like you scratch your head. And judges are supposed to do this in a high tense situation. Exactly. For example, where, where where a miscall can make or break an interaction for one player or the other. <laughs> Great example was last Saturday with my fifth round, playing against Swenson. He had animated the one ring with Karn. Okay. And then he had used it later in his turn to. Uh, draw a card, but yeah. it just it entered that turn. So the bum, bum. the time of the timing was off for his idea of what he wanted to do. And you talk about making or breaking a game, like the fact that which the correct thing was, um, an outside source called it. I mean, we were both like really intimate into the game because we're both running decks that he even said too. This was his first time playing that deck. Just like it was my first time playing that deck ever. I mean, I spent like two days of studying the decks and I found a way to play it. So. I did pretty well with that, of course, but I'm saying like for both of us, like you're so like into that game of that mirror match and trying to deal with that. So that was missed, came to my turn, got resolved. Uh, outside source said something, which he's like, I don't know if I should. I'm like, I said, and I said right away, I was like, no, if there's something that we did wrong, you probably should say it because we don't want to cheat each other or anything. And Jim said right away, he was like, oh no, yeah, did I do something wrong? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> so we called the judge over and he even had to figure out like to fix the problem was super easy. It was what does the judge give you for this? And that was him trying to figure out like where it was at. And the, and our, our judge said like, you know, um, it's this is how we're going to fix it. We're going to rewind back to the moment in time and of when you drew the card and to your turn. And the way we're going to fix this part for the game state is um, first off, you're getting a warning. So, and this is only like his, luckily it was only his second warning. So like if you would have got a third warning, I'm pretty sure it's to the point of like close to disqualification or like a loss of game. And then after that, yeah. it's like, it's just, you're done. I mean, like it goes fast. It snowballs. Um, but like to solve that whole problem, he said, okay, so we'll fix this. You get a warning for this. Um, how we're going to do this is we're going to randomly take one of the cards from your hand and put it back on top of your deck. And then... Your your ring is a creature, so you can't tap it. So that's that was the whole point. We're going back to that point of drawing a card. Yep. So yeah, it's a complicated thing, and that's a simple thing to deal with. Imagine like something worse. Yeah, and 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 that goes on for like a turn or two longer than it should have been. You know, the, like that's a problem. REL events are serious. There's there's a lot of thought that goes into it, and judges are, you know, they're 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 a backbone of a lot of this stuff because Magic is such a complicated game. But it's so enjoyable. So good. So, 
Well, I do. I do want to point out one thing. It was oh. it was uh, posted about this website, JudgeFoundry.org, in relation with uh, the judge program getting changed here. Um, yeah. I think this was from. I don't think this was directly from Wizards. I think I pulled this from a Judge Academy Twitter, or was it on Reddit? Uh, an official source on one of those two uh, showcased Judge Foundry and Judge Foundry. I should pull up the web page here. Is a community-driven mentorship-based nonprofit association for judges in the United States and Canada. And I think the thing here is like they're looking to be like yep. this is going to be the the larger uh, thing yeah. that they're going to be going with here. So we'll put this in the show notes. Check it out. They have everything on there for their mission statement, their values, all the stuff explained. So. Check them out, you know, and like you said, it was judgefoundry.org. Judgefoundry.org. All right, so check it out. And then let's get into, I feel like we really should save anything for Dr. Hoover, Garrett. And then it's getting saved. All right. We're going to get to Exxon, get this over with. So dear listeners, yes, Dr. Who came out. We'll be talking about that later. You understand. You understand. I know it's coming. It's releasing the 13th, but guess what? Y'all will come back to listen about Garrett talk about Doctor Who anyways. Who cares? He's Big gonna G. Be, he's going to be nerding out hardcore. Huh, just like I was for Lord of the Rings. <laughs> okay, so we have the first look at Lost Caverns of Ixalan. Uh, we're not going to read about the story because you can read that on your own time. Let's just talk about some fucking cards, man. So uh, the big thing is it's all about the idea of their, once again, racing to something. So we have New Hawatli with no spark which is just a phenomenal card, and I'm just in love with this. Um, and you also get Sahili Rai. As a creature, not a planeswalker. Who also lost, exactly, who also lost her spark. So she's in the story. You have Kellen from Wilds of Eldraine that's coming, since he's, our, of course, our new protagonist for a lot of these stories. And he's going to be jumping around the Omen Path doing his thing. And we also have Quintoris Kand, who is from Strixhaven, who will be the new planeswalker. That we'll finally get, and I am super excited because I thought he was supposed to show up in March of the Machines as a Planeswalker, but no, his spark just ignited during that whole confrontation thing. So we're going to see what he does. We don't know yet. It's going to be exciting. But a Boros Planeswalker, maybe, I would assume. Like, huh? Maybe? It feels like a slam dunk there. I mean, we haven't had a Boros Planeswalker since, like, the awesome... I'm not Nahiri. saying... Like, I know Nahiri is the she main... Got- She's the only one that's been Boros since. Yeah. A Johnny Vengeance was the one. That was the only yeah. other one before? Yeah, I think I yeah. did when I was doing like the, so, uh, the Oathbreaker. So Nahiri, <laughs> so Nahiri and her other version, like Nahiri's been the only Boros Planeswalker, and now we're going to finally get another Boros oh, Planeswalker. Stellar Pup. But that's uh, Infinity. Yes. Comet we, Stellar Pup. But you can't play that in Standard, Pioneer, or Modern. So we're not going to count that. <laughs> but yeah. So, of actual... Well, and Hawali. She was also at one point, but then she also was green, white, and then they... They've been flexing her across Naya colors mainly, so like... She's, yeah, she's been Boros twice. She's been Boros twice, so she's been... she. So, technically, after Nahiri, it was Hawali. Oh. And then the, for the commander deck that they did for... Or the Planes standard deck. Planeswalker decks. But, I mean, like, we haven't had a real devoted Boros one, so, I mean, since Nahiri. Right. So, I'm, I'm excited to see us get one that maybe will just stick for a while. Uh, but anyways, so for example, New Hawatli, she is a modal phase card, which is awesome. Uh, her one side is two and a green. 
She is Hawatli Poet of Unity, Legendary Creature, Human Warrior Bard. The Bards. 2-3. That has, when she enters the battlefield, search your library for a basic land card, reveal it, and put it into your hand, then shuffle. And then she also has an activated ability for three and two uh, hybrid mana symbols of Boros colors, which is red, white, red, white. Uh, exile her, then return her to the battlefield, transform under her owner's control, activate only as a sorcery, to which then you get a saga, Rora the Fifth People, that has four chapters. Chapter one, create two 3-3 three, three green dinosaur creature tokens. Chapter two, Rora the Fifth People gains creatures you control, have tap, add a red, green, or white. So, uh, chapter three, search your library for a dinosaur card, reveal it and put it into your hand, then shuffle, and then chapter four, Dinosaurs you control gain double strike and trample until end of turn. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm putting this in my dino deck. Yeah, yeah, 100% for sure. But I think as an overall card, though, it's pretty solid. Um, I mean, you just you really can't complain about it. I think that it's a great job of what they did with her character. And I also like the idea of creatures and sagas, like modal face, your MDFCs being this kind of back and forth thing. But yet again, though, this is not a once she transforms or once the saga is over, she transforms back. So yeah, this is going this ain't no this ain't no Phyrexians. Yeah, no Praetors. No Praetors getting cool powers like that, but still very advantageous. So Commander lovers, rejoice. And for everybody else, just have a good time with it. Um, like I said, we don't have any cards yet for the other characters that I've talked about. Uh, big thing that they did, too, is that they are going to full art lands again for basics. And holy Christ, these are fucking cool. Yeah. Like, I think, I think cool is an understatement. Yes. To me, all these basics, like, this is the same feeling I had when they showed off uh, Neon Dynasty with their basics of the oh, yeah. old and new uh, framing setup. I mean, like, these ones hit, like, harder than other uh, basics, full arts that we've had in the past, like, year. These evoke uh, adventure way more than what yeah. any Zendikar full art land could ever do. Uh, oh, definitely. I mean, like, well, I mean, they just take it, the idea of that adventure part. And the big thing is they said something about, like, these are uh, based on the idea of, like, core paradise locations in the heart of Ixalan. So, um, I mean, like, it just, I mean, it does hit. It hits, like, your idea of, like, a paradise where you're at, adventure, all that stuff. Um, we're also getting a new goblin pirate. Legendary creature known as Breaches, Eager Pillager. This is the fixed Regavan. <laughs> who is the fixed Regavan. He is two in a red. Legendary creature, Goblin Pirate. First strike, 3-3. Three, three. Whenever, uh, when a pirate you control attacks, choose one that hasn't been chosen yet. Create a treasure, target opponent, or target creature can't block this turn. Exile top card of your library, you may play it this turn. Um, yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, the showcase arts are really cool, too. Yeah, for this one is the Legends of Ixalan. So, like, the legendary creatures are getting this um, ring around the creature, and it's done in, like, I don't know, very uh, comic book-esque looking, like, lines and art that I'm getting there. I don't know the specific. I'm not an art guy, but it looks really Well, cool. like, the character itself is comic booky, and then yeah. the background stuff and everything is very um, Aztec, ink and i mean like lines and a lot of the southern american type native people's like designs and stuff which is great because like it fits so well for ixalan so i mean it's it's awesome uh the other uh car the other border treatment is borderless altec yep which um really emphasizes the art 
Yeah, the the one thing that like when I see this that I just because I'm a video game nerd is like uh, Monster Hunter kind of has this art in their like uh, monster bestiary where it shows like you know a design of you know an artistic looking design of what like uh, people would have drawn of that of that beast and stuff there and they're they're showing the the skull port skull spore nexus as the example for this. Yep. Um, and then we get to see one of the gods. Yeah, with the the template of Gods of Ixalan for its borderless here, and you've seen this one before because this was in the this art this border was in uh, March of the Machine, the aftermath as one of the uh, b- upcoming treatments because it has like the medallion in the center there. Yep, and then we also saw the art for this character as well because this was in the uh, uh, upcoming sets for the next how many years. Yeah, uh, this this specific art was given. Yeah, so, um, and then of course you have Galta coming back. Of course, so yeah, why not? Yeah, uh, Dino, one. Dino Love. You you want to take a quick minute, mi- quick second here and talk about the ridiculously costed value of this Galta? I think so. I Dan- think we need to. Danny, Danny do you have a que- Do you have anything you want to say about this Galta? No, it's disgusting. Five green, green, green. 1212 legendary creature elder dinosaur. So you heard that right. That's eight mana for a 1212 dinosaur with trample. And when it enters the battlefield, put any number of creature cards from your hand onto the battlefield. Not dinosaurs, any type of creatures. That is stupid. That is stupid. That's like, what? What? Mono, mono, hey, look, mono green gets another amazing card. Eight mana get like 20 plus power on the board. No, it's pretty good. It's really good. Um, the next part here, Danny, you got anything about these uh, crazy Cavern Souls stuff we got going? Not really. Okay, so as- Dan, do you even care about this Ixalan stuff? No, not really. He doesn't care. So from the article here, it says, As we delve into the heart of Ixalan, we'll encounter rich veins of cosmium running throughout the underground, brilliant and colorful like Forking tendrils of power reaching out. This incredible feature of Ixalan is captured with the return of the Neon Ink treatment first seen in Kamigawa Neon Dynasty. So one of the places that you'll find the Cosmium Neon Ink cards are in collector boosters, and there'll be more about those soon. So they show a light green, a yellow, a blue, a purple, a red, and a dark green. Yeah, like the first one is... I would assume like the big special. Okay, I'm gonna yeah, get. It's, I well, think that's know, the showcase art. We know that the yellow is the one that you're getting uh, from the promo cards coming out in 2024, and the yellow one is because that was in the article is okay. guaranteed being uh, WPM Premium stores get and they can do with them as they want. Kind of a thing there. So then, so, whatever the rarities are for the other four colors. Yeah, if we can... Because follow- I feel like isn't the first Cabin of Souls like just a showcase version of it? It's possible. I think I read somewhere this... Like the first one that's got the red and the green and yellow all mixed into it as one. Like that's supposed to... Yeah, that one. That one's supposed to be like the showcase version. Okay. So like, that's the, the fanciest like the fancy, fancy. The fancy fancy. So like, this would be like the red-headed Sugu. No, that's not, the, that's not the one. That's not the red-headed Sugu? The I, don't, I don't think that would be the rarest. I'm thinking the blue, purple, red, or green ones are a part of that lineup. And I would assume that it would be like the other neon ink one, which was like 
uh, purple was the no, no red. red. Red was the rarest. Red was the rarest. It went. Uh, yellow was the one that sold as box toppers. Yep. Uh, and then it was green, blue, red. I think there was only four. This is six now. Yeah. Six different variations of so, this neon ink. I don't know. I don't know what the first one fully is. I mean, they don't explain it fully. Yeah. They're going to get there, but we'll I, get more details. Like I said, I if I would be a betting man, like that'd be my bet. But I also be wrong. But I'm more excited about this part coming up. Yeah, treasure trove box toppers and special guests. So appearing as box toppers, a horde of trinkets, baubles, equipment, and more, all powerful artifacts in their own right are here to be Fuck discovered. Yeah. Found in non-foil for draft and set booster displays and traditional foil for collector displays, these box toppers await all who lay claim to the lost caverns of Ixalan. So while box toppers in a box... Box toppers are found in box topper pack with Lost Caverns of Ixalan displays. We're bringing even more exciting cards to set and collector boosters with the debut of special guests. So we'll touch on the special guests here in a second. But first off, they give the first example of the treasure trove, which is an artifact, Course of Portal. New card, right? No, this this is is a reprint. reprint. This is a reprint that was originally from uh, one of the conspiracies. Yeah, the first conspiracy. Okay, it's from the original conspiracy. That's why I don't know it. Yes, and uh, this is, um, it's not like super expensive, if I remember correctly, but it is a very high-valued, weird commander card people like. Well, I mean, it only got printed once then, right? Only in um, I think, conspiracy. I think so. Yeah, I if mean, it was only printed in conspiracy. It might, have had had a, it might have had a list card. Yeah. Like, we'll check it out. Danny and I will check it out. Yeah, so there are going to be uh, a bunch of those artifacts. A full list of those have not been announced because we're still a little ways away from uh, Lost Caverns of Ixalan. So it's Vintage Masters, which is just Online. Moto, and that was Conspiracy. Okay. It never got a list printing. Okay. There you go. Next it's up. sitting at $14 for Conspiracy. So like I said, it's not super expensive, but it is a niche thing that people like. So uh, special guests, they include powerful magic release level reprints featuring art in the aesthetic of the sets of here Lost Caverns of Ixalan. The Lost Caverns of Ixalan and one of Magic's most iconic merfolk is reimagined reimagined as having traveled the omen paths to find itself a home with the River Heralds, yet no less invigorating to old merfolk. And they show Lord of Atlantis. And these are going to be in set and collector boosters as one of the booster slots for the booster fund that yep. they do. And uh, it looks beautiful. Yeah, fish. Fish players rejoice, or as we like to call them, Lords of Trident. Square box. He's working on making. I saw that. Yes, Square box. Get yourself some of these nice boys. And uh, some of the bigger news. Yeah, um, special guests can be more than just a creature. Yeah, they can be powerful, like this next card here, uh, Mana Crypt. A reprinting of Mana Crypt. Hey, you know what we didn't get in Double Masters Twenty Two? You know what we didn't get in Commander Masters? <laughs> Something very important. But you know what we're going to get in Ixalan? This card. Finally. Yeah. yeah. And it's beautiful. Uh, I love this fucking art. I think it's amazing. And guess what? I'm going to argue that it's going to be the most, uh, probably the most expensive mana crypt there is. Uh, maybe. Because the Double the Masters. Bo- Double one. Masters Borlas is still the most expensive. Yeah, well, right now. But as soon as the, no, 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 these sorry. go out. Well, wasn't there a Masterpiece one? Oh. No. No? Was there a Masterpiece? Danny's yes. looking up. 
There was one. Okay, so the Masterpiece one that holds that position is the most expensive. But as a reprinted version, though, I will say that this will probably change because this also gets the the same neon ink treatment. Yep, it has the where all colors are combined: a yellow, a blue, a purple, a red, and a green. Because, like they said, it's more than just the debut for a special guest and appears in collector boosters with the Cosium neon ink treatment, like Cavern Souls. It does say here that uh, more information on special special guests will be announced October twenty fourth. Yeah, and I my thing I'm really excited about and Casey. Yeah, and Casey. We Casey, talked about this a little bit. We talked about this a month ago. A month ago. Uh, it's time. Our thing is here, and we're gonna get Casey back on to talk about more. Because we're got Jurassic World cards coming, baby. So just a little introduction of the Chrismat characters. Clever dinosaurs with fantastic locations. Uh, these cards from the Jurassic World stuff will be a delight for fans of Ixalan and Jurassic World-alike items. Uh, first one off we have is a saga that they show off, which is one and two green, saying welcome to dot, dot, dot which is showing art of a giant T-Rex in front of Mr. Grant, plus some dinosaurs in the background in the gate. Uh, your first chapter you get says, for each opponent, up to one target non-creature artifact they control becomes a 0-4 wall artifact creature with defender for as long as this saga, or for as long as you control this saga. Chapter 2, you make a 3-3 green dinosaur creature with trample. It gains haste until end of turn. And number 3, destroy all walls, exile the saga, and then return it to the battlefield under your control. Which then it turns into Jurassic Park, the legendary land. Which says each dinosaur card in your graveyard has escape. The escape cost is equal to the card's mana cost plus three other cards from the graveyard. And also, it can tap for a green for each dinosaur you control. So you thing, get a thing of Gaia's note. Cradle. Thing of note. For dinosaurs. That thing, the first ability of that is not an activated ability. They just statically got that. You don't yeah. have to you don't have to pay any activation cost yeah. to give your dinos that. They escape. They're escaping the park, baby. That's fucking oh, I wild. love it. Oh, it's so this is so good. If you thought Growing Rights to the Eclamoc was a great flipping or transforming card, this is your second great transforming card for your deck. Yeah. Uh, why not why have one guy cheap guy's cradle when you can have two? Yeah. hundred percent agree. All right. And then uh do you want to talk about the next guy? Yeah, dude. They put Patrick Swayze on a card. I'm gonna fucking kill you. <laughs> You're such an asshole about this. It's Ian Malcolm. Who has played? Oh, my brain just got fried. Because <laughs> it's Patrick <of> that. Swayze. <laughs> Wasn't he about all the it's bull- Jeff Goldblum? <laughs> Fuck you! Shut up! You're not tired of this card. Jeff Goldblum's famous character Ian Malcolm, Castitian for one red and blue legendary creature, human scientist. It's a two-two. Whenever a player draws their second card each turn, that player exiles the top card of the library during each player's turn. That player may cast a spell from among the cards they don't own. Exiled with Ian Malcolm, Castitian, and mana of any type can be spent to cast those. Good news. Uh, Garrett also agrees with you. He says, go die, Matt. Yeah, go die, Matt. <laughs> Fuck your face. Uh, you've heard of Chaos Theory? Famous quote from a movie. Then we have the next one, which I'm not letting Matt read as well. It's Indominus Rex Alpha. So hold this on, is hold a- on. That was Elf. Shut up. <laughs> and Dominus Rex Alpha, so the new dinosaur from the first, first movie that of the new series that they did, is one 
two hybrid blue-black mana symbols, and two green. So this is a Sultai commander you got for yourself. Legendary creature dinosaur mutant. That's a 6-6. Six, six. As Indominus Rex Alpha enters the battlefield, you can discard any number of creature cards. It enters the battlefield with a flying counter on it if it is discarded, if a card discarded this way has flying and the same is true for first strike double strike death touch hexproof haste instructable lifelink menace reach trample and vigilance and when indominus rex enters the battlefield draw a card for each counter on it so this is all about the idea of like this is a crazy cool dinosaur and has a lot of cool powers because we made a mutant freak it's pretty close uh about you know like they got the they got the eating cats in there it seems almost like that yeah somewhat uh you know what i like to think about this card though a little bit is this is a better uh, mimeoplasm. Don't say that. I just did. Eat it. Eat it. All right. And they're going to have a nice new symbol for the set, which is going to be the famous logo in a mythic symbol. Um, yeah, this, whew, let me tell you, special guests are going to have, um, so you have the Lost Cavern symbol. You have the Commander symbol, which, again, is a shield symbol of some form with the sun in it. But the cool thing is they're really honing in on the special guest symbol, which I'm pretty sure is a reusage of um, the starter. The, well, it's starter, and there's something else that kind of used something similar to this, too. It was... Um, oh, uh, Game Nights. Yeah, they had the the, pen, the the Pentagon symbol for whatever cards it was. So, like, they're it's nice. It's a good symbol they chose to use. So, um, yeah, just stay tuned. I mean, we got draft, we got set boosters, we got collector booster products. They have the bundle products that are and coming, gift, gift edition. Um, they also have the pre-release packs they show off, the Ahoy Mates Commander deck, which is Pirates, which is Grixis. You have Orzhov Vampires. You have Simic-colored uh, Merfolk. And, of course, you have the Naya-colored uh, Dinosaurs deck. Or the What's it called? What's it called? Velociraptor. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the best fucking name for That is deck. a pretty good name. Um, so yeah, complete story drop is October 20th. Debut and previews begin 24th. Uh, MTG Arena streamer event is November 9th. Pre-release in-store play events are November 10th. Uh, MTG Arena is November 14th. And global release is November 17th. We're about a month away from all of this stuff. Yeah. So start uh, hoarding your pennies because you got dinos to buy. Yeah, this is going to be one of those sets just because of like those neon ink cards. Like remember how uh Kamigawa <sighs> yeah. was a very was the the best winner set at that time. Yeah. I think it still is. It still is. Yeah, cuz as uh, right now for standings, yeah. yeah. It's still the best definitely because of the 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 neon ink cards being like the the chase, the chase cards. True story. So Matt, are you ready to play the game? Because Danny's got you questions. I'm ready. Fuck you. Kill him, Danny. Kill him. Uh, this one, this this whole question should be easy for him. Okay, we're moving to the Contra Currency section where we play everyone's favorite game, Contra Currency, where Danny reads either Anthony or I, in this case me, uh, question, or reads cards from the amazing article of weekly winners from mtgstocks.com. Yep. And uh, I got to guess why the card is moving up in price. Perfect. By what format? Yeah, by what format? Yes, yeah. Matt. And I yeah. can show my, I can flex my big big brain muscles if I can get more specific. True. But sometimes I talk myself in a circle. It's just better to just tell us the format. And wait till Garrett gets back and we can have more than one person playing this game. Yes. Because that's the way it goes. Yep. So first up we go to Nurgle's Riot. <laughs> Nurgle's Riot? Nurgle's Riot. Or oh. Nurgle's Rot, sorry. It's a 
mono black. What a riot. <laughs> enchantment. Aura. Enchant player on enchant creature and opponent controls. When enchanted creature dies, return Nurgle's rot to its owner's hand and create a 1-3 black demon creature token named Plague Bearer of Nurgle. Okay. It's from 40k. Oh, that's why I have not heard of it. We'll have a 40k deck, sir. Well, I'm going to say Commander uh, for the specific card. I'm going to guess it has something to do with a Doctor Who card that just got announced. Nope. Not Commander? It was Commander. Oh, woo. But it's not because of Doctor Who. Okay. It's yeah. because of uh, um, Ariette's The Charmed Apple. Oh, the uh, the Orzov Enchantress. Yep, the yep. human warlock. Yep. Yeah, huh. Yep. From huh. Um, and then also Dactus of Returned. Or Dactus the Returned. Another card of Orzov. Mm-hmm. Very good one. Yeah. Next up, we go to Monster Manual. It's sitting at 628. 45% increase. It is a green three artifact with an adventure. Um, the adventure is a zoological, zoological study, which is green two sorcery adventure, mill five cards, then turn to creature card, milled this way to your hand. And its normal, normal ability is a green one tap. You may put a creature card from your hand into battlefield. It is from Boulder's Gate, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yep, it's Baldur's Gate. Okay. This one, you're putting creatures into play. What has the thing of cheating creatures? I don't know. You're not cheating anything really creature-wise from... Summoning Trap cheats creatures. Yeah. (laughs) Thrones of Eldraine. Not Thrones. uh, Wilds of Eldraine doesn't have any creatures, but I'm going to just say Commander as the one. I don't know the reason why. Yeah. Well, Elvis Piper from M10. Uh, so it's just it's just talking well, it's about just different other copies. cards, yeah, that do the same thing. Elvis so Piper, and the... then it's a uh, Brula. Um, oh, the new Luna Grand Squire. Or yeah. Squall. The new the new giant noble for yep. commander, the teamer one. Yep. So that right there. So cool. Just reducing cost of adventure con- or adventure spells. Craziest thing ever to just throw in here really quick. So Trevor and I were looking through the chaff box, you know, while we're waiting in between rounds. He found one of these in the chaff box. I mean, it's I I get that, but I mean, like, it's still a good commander card. Like, you telling me you couldn't take that home with you and like go to your friends and be like, "Hey, I know y'all play commander. You want this card?" I actually have a foil of that at home. I pulled from my nice commander or my collector box. Anyways, anyway, I was sad. I was sad that it was in the box. Okay. Next up, we go to Grim Hireling. I love this card. Sitting at six sixty eight is from, um. This is a Baller's Gate card, too. No. A- no, AFC. Oh, wait. Uh, oh, original uh, Dungeons & Dragons. Yeah, the Adventure of Forgotten, Forgotten Realms. Realms. Yep. Oh, that's um, right. This yeah, it was reprinting from... Uh, yeah, CLB. So, anyway, it's three black Tiefling Rogue. Whenever one or more creatures you control deal combat damage to a player, uh, create two tokens, or treasure tokens. Then you can go black, sacrifice X treasures, target creature gets negative X and X until in turn, activate only as a sorcery. Ooh. Well, it's only in commander, but it could also be in legacy. And I'm gonna guess I'm gonna guess commander, but I'm gonna say because of fairy rogue decks that are popular because of Wilds of Eldraine, because a lot of them are flying around blockable, so you're gonna be making treasures. I should have read this further. <laughs> um 
Oh God. Grade A content. Yeah, We're professional podcasters well, here, folks. Yeah, I kind of stopped halfway through work. I was like, yeah, I'm just going to look at these real quick. Well, yeah, but it's, it is Commander and it's because of the fairies, even though it's not a fairy. Beautiful. But there's other two cards there, though. Where are they? Uh, they mention uh, Thelisa Revenant Medium. Beginning of each end step, create X11 Spirit Creature Tokens with flying where X is the number of tokens you created this turn. So you're just making a lot of tokens in this. Mm-hmm. And then uh Kellen reclusive painter, which was from AFR as well. When it enters, create a treasure, other creatures you control enter the battlefield with an additional plus one, plus one counter on them for each mana from a treasure spent to cast it. So, so basically it's just a good card that has black and treasures and whatever else. Rinse and repeat. Yeah. But they, t- they talk here. It goes well in Alila cunning conqueror, the new fairy warlock. Or you can just put it in the fairy deck anyways. Ooh, there's a fourth. Yeah. Yes, sir. I wasn't prepared for that one. No, you wow. weren't. Wow. Number four. For the ancestors. It's a green two. Instant. Choose a creature type. Look at the top six cards of your library. I may reveal any number of cards of the chosen type from among them and put the revealed cards into your hand. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. With flashback, green three. Sitting at three twenty-two, it is from Commander Masters. What do you think, Matt? This could be anything. Uh, I'm just going to say Commander all down the fucking row here. If it's going to be Legacy, I'm going to. I'm not going to be too sad. I got three out of four right then. But uh, Commander, uh, big creature decks that you get in your hand. Oh, oh, with the Piper stuff, like the Piper decks, because it puts creatures into your hand, then you can cheat in with like Monster Manual and Elvish Piper. So Commander and that. The suspense is killing me. <laughs> yes. Commander. There's commander. Uh, so yeah, is it for the Piper reasons? No, it's <sighs> not. Um, collective company. Uh, oh. Then for uh, sl- um, Sliver Grave Mother, Sliver Swarm, Tarval the Belkois, okay. and Fangor the Tree Shepherd. Okay. So Sliver decks and Tree Poke decks. Very Tri- typal decks, very basically. Typal, tribal, whatever. It's for them. But but if you're but if you're playing mass with Nexus, you can get whatever creature card you want as long as it's because it's everything's everything. That is true. Why be why be one type of creature when you can be all types of creatures? Very much so. And then you put coat of arms in there. Why not multiple plus one plus ones? Why not be a chimera and or an amalgamation? Yeah, just uh, pick up your guys' copy of Nashwood Nexus here. Everybody needs those. (laughs) Uh, Cheap pickups. First up, we go to um, Anguished Unmaking. The the Commander Lord of the Rings version? Yep. Sitting at 448 and moving up. Sweet. Then we have Glimpse of Nature, sitting at $12.10 and moving down fast. Champions of Comic Gal version. I think it's Banned and Commander, though. Yes, it is. It is. Uh, Then we have Sneak Attack. Sitting at four fifty four. This is the special art for the Enchanting Tales version from mm. Wilds of Eldraine. Can we just take a hot second here, real quick, and uh, talk about how the mighty have fallen? Hey, this is still a deck in Legacy. It is don't, still a deck. Don't don't say the mighty's fallen that much. They know just... from an all time high of eighty bucks. Well, from original Saga or the Saga, it wasn't reprinted ever until a certain point. So yeah. Uh, double Master Dominaria remastered. Yep, so, yep. Double Master printing had an all time high of 20. <laughs> well, they reprinted it. 
yep, yep. But that's one of those cards where it's like in Commander, you know, like Sneak Attack was like, oh, that's such an expensive card, but it's such a powerful card, but 80 bucks. Hey. And now here we got them for seven. That's all right. This is good. This is what Magic players want. Good cards for cheap. This yes. is everything we want. And that's one of the reasons why Troll and Toad uh, got shut down. Who was using Troll and Toad in all honesty to buy Magic cards? Like from from what I, sorry, Troll and Toad. From what I've heard of you, you kind of sh- you kind of sucked at like grading cards and getting everybody what they wanted. It's like, oh, I mean, ordered a near mint. This is like heavy played at best. I remember my friend bought from Troll and Toad back like this was like college days for us. So then, but the only thing I ever bought from them was like the archive deck boxes because they're the only ones that had them <laughs> otherwise i never buy anything else from them ever i did one thing with troll and toad one time they were doing like facebook live stream auctions of some of their stuff hmm. and i'm like oh i'll give it a shot and i got hero clicks stuff because <laughs> i never played hero clicks hey, but i'm like you got them now boop i'll, I'll, I'll participate in that i guess oh. so i i have given troll and toad some money not for magic but for hero clicks and the good yeah. news is they'll probably still sell hero clicks but not magic that's right, but you don't play it, so it doesn't matter. Uh, but there you go. That's the conjured currency section there for all y'all. Hey, if I want some conjured currency stuff ever in my life, what? Where can I go? Go check out TCG Sniper. We're gonna make this super quick because we're yeah. getting long on time. Yeah, uh, they are an amazing price tracking website where you can enter in cards or products to get notified that move up or down in price. You click a link, you sell or you buy at that point. It's really cool. We've talked about them before. You go sign up. They have a free account. But if you sign up and say that the guys at This Week in MTG sent you, you get three months free of their premium uh, membership. Yeah, if you want to be like Matt, you sell low and buy high. Yes, that's how you do it. <laughs> now, do any of you guys have anything else you want to add to this episode before we hit that outro? No. no. Thank you to all you legendary magic folk for making it to the end of episode 205 of This Week in MTG. As we wrap up another episode, we want to extend our deepest gratitude to all, all, all of our incredible listeners and Patreons. Your enthusiasm fuels our passion for all things Magic the Gathering, and we're honored to be a part of this vibrant community. Stay tuned for more exciting updates, discussions, and insights in the world of Magic the Gathering. So until then, may your mana be plentiful and your draws be ever favorable. Keep gathering those magical moments. Yay. Bye. Congratulations. You made it to the end of this week's episode of This Week in MTG. Your listenership means so much to us. Make sure to follow the podcast over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or on the podcatcher of your choice. You can watch the live stream recording of the podcast every Monday night at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time over on YouTube and twitch.com slash thisweekinmtg. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can send us a message to our Facebook, Twitter, or send us an email at thisweekinmtg at gmail.com. For all these links and more, check out our link tree at linktr.ee slash thisweekinmtg. Thanks so much! Uh, Garrett saying, uh, should have ran Matt's favorite combo meld cards of get and good that melt into get good scrub.